It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome to Out of the Blue, a podcast that has caused acute seizures in children aged 9 to 11, but has been absolved of all liability in that case. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, also of MazeandBrew.com, my hetero life mate. Andy, you menacing yet charming snake oil salesman. How the hell are you? I'm doing well, sir. The adult kickball league is, you know, underway right now. We're 0-1, but we're going to mount a comeback to salvage the season. How are you? Man, you really are the pinnacle of modern-day athletics. We salute you for your service. It's it's hard to be me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, a bunch of white people standing in a field holding solo cups and playing kickball is really what sports is all about. Hey, they're in koozies, Okay. Show some damn respect, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Excited for this podcast. Uh, we're here to break down Rutgers. That's not what I'm excited about, but uh, we have one of my lifelong best friends, Wes Anderson, the man responsible for all the music at Out of the Blue and uh, around Mason Brew as well. He'll be joining us, and uh, we're talking 90s movies tonight. What makes that decade so special? Very excited for that. Uh, maybe just the best decade of all time. For movies, obviously I'm biased being a 90s baby, but man, is it up there. Oh yeah, this, the 70s, like I feel like it's a really close contest. Every yeah. every decade has its own little genre or subgenre, but the 90s hits so many key points, especially in our live with like really great shitty movies. So it always has a special home here. Yeah, it most definitely does. And I mean, the 80s has got a lot going on too, trust me, I get that. And 80s babies, they, they ride hard for their decade, I get that, but... Uh, the fact of the matter is 90s is better, and we're going to break it down. But we do have some Michigan content. It is off-season. This is peak off-season. We're deep into the off-season now. But we're like 60-something days from kickoff, so it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, I mean, it's coming up really fast, and I can't believe we're already halfway through. We're 
yeah, halfway through June, a little more than half. Um, Michigan news has been coming out. Baseball teams kicking ass. It's been a nice little summer so far. It has, yeah. Baseball team in the College World Series right now. Uh, I haven't been able to catch any of it at all. And uh, like we said last podcast, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, you know, boast about my knowledge of the Michigan baseball team. But that being said, I mean, it's Michigan athletics. Obviously, wherever you go, you go blue. Yeah, I mean, that's just a fact. Michigan baseball has a savior. It's superstar Kenny Chesney from the Detroit Free Press yesterday. So, um, I mean, there's that. God bless Kenny Chesney and God bless our baseball team. That's all I got. Kenny Chesney plays for our baseball team. Isn't he like a 55-year-old country musician? Over under 55, what do you think? Kenny Chesney? I have no idea. I have nothing to base this on. I don't know. I wouldn't know him if I walked past him in the middle of a Michaels. It kind of looks like he's a part of Woody's Roundup, like the, like the fourth member, along sure. with the Prospector and Jesse. Sure, we'll, um, we'll say we'll say just under. Yep, you got it, fifty one, man. He's only five six. So why the hell are we talking about Kenny Chesney? We got <laughs> we've got better <laughs> we got things Michigan to talk. Right, let's go to our Michigan news. We don't have much better things to talk about than Kenny Chesney, but we do. Such as Brandon Peters has announced that he will be transferring to Illinois. It is official. Um, I'm okay with this move. Illinois is a pretty god-awful team, and I don't think we're going to end up seeing him, but I wish him all the best. Your thoughts? Two words. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that Lovey Smith's going to be there much longer. Illinois, like, other than the team we're going to be discussing here in a minute, Rutgers, is without a doubt the laughing stock of, of the Big Ten. I mean, Maryland has come a long way, It's it's and so has Purdue. It's definitely Illinois and Rutgers there at the bottom of the basket. Yeah, I mean, Champaign, Illinois is a gorgeous place, you know? True. I mean, it's a fantastic little city. Their football team is complete shit. Um, have they been good since they had Rashard Mendenhall and Juice Williams? I think that was the last time they were relevant. I think so. Isn't that the last time they beat us as well? Possibly so. It's been a while. I, like, yeah, I, I kind of always forget Illinois is even in the Big Ten, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's been a while since they've done anything. Ever since we had that like 140-point nonsensical game in the Rich Rod era, uh, I've kind of forgotten they existed, and, and I'm fine with that, actually. But uh, lately, their, uh, their fans have been talking a lot. Uh, I have no idea what for, but uh, just maybe because they're bored and you know they haven't seen a, a quality victory in a while. But they're trying to make it a rivalry with Michigan. Um, I don't, I don't really see that, but uh, good on you, Illinois. Uh, what is an Illini, anyway? It's not a thing. I don't know. I just feel like it's like a fighting person from Illinois. But everybody I've met from Illinois has been really pleasant, so I don't picture them fighting. It's like being a fighting Canadian. Like, no. <laughs> it, it just doesn't exist. Well, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, I mean, the only thing Canadians do is just, you know, cheer when people get injured. You know, I don't think people from Illinois do that. Yeah, that's that's all I've seen Canadian people do that and apologize every time they open the door for you. Like, whoops, sorry there, and let you through. Yeah, they pass you bags of milk. I mean, great people. <laughs> fine, fine people. But, I mean, hopefully he enjoys that because he's not going to see a lot of wins there. We will not see Brandon Peters. Um, I doubt that he'll be eligible this year. Uh, I don't see any reason why he would be. But then again, Justin Fields was eligible for Ohio State, and that makes no sense. So. Yeah, he, is he a grad transfer, though? I don't know if he graduated early or something. He may have graduated early. Yeah, he, he's a grad transfer, two years remaining. Okay, so yeah, he could start, and he'll probably start for him this year then. So in if, in that scenario, it's good. I mean, he's going to get on the field and get a chance to show what he's got. Um, I mean, we, we liked his potential. I still like his potential. He's just been passed up by like four guys, so. 
Yeah, um, Illinois in the three years under Lovey Smith has never finished higher than 93rd in points per game. <laughs> oh, man. So he's not really going to – don't expect a lot of fireworks from Brandon Peters, which really I never did to begin with. I mean, the guy looks like he just downed a bottle of Robitussin after uh, at every interview. So Yeah, it'll be just like his 2017 campaign, just in Illinois, so it looks more normal. <laughs> exactly. That's That's what we come to expect from Illinois, but – all jokes aside, wish him the best. Um, you know, didn't work out at Michigan, but the dude was a was a gamer for us there uh, when we needed him. I mean, don't blame him for getting injured against Wisconsin. Um, had he been able to play the rest of that game against Wisconsin and against Ohio State, who knows? Big what if, Brandon Peters. As a Michigan quarterback, he one time said Peyton Manning was the true goat and not Tom Brady on Instagram, and at that moment, I just knew it wasn't going to work. That's true. That can't work out after that. As much as I loved watching Peyton Manning, it's clear who the goat is, especially if you're wearing the winged helmet, bruh. Yeah, like how do you, you have a reputation to uphold here? Like even if you've got to fake it, come on, yeah. come on, Brandon. Exactly. You can say that if you get drafted or like after you graduate, but not during. No, not the only thing you could have said that was worse was like I'm the true goat. But besides <laughs> just, that, just like all right, I'm closing my laptop for the day. <laughs> That's only John O'Corn would say that. <laughs> John O'Corn probably would say that. Fine head of hair and uh, the arm of a wet spaghetti noodle. Speaking of a fine head of hair, you heard the Jordan Poole news recently. Uh, what is the Jordan Poole news? I don't think I have. Uh, of the mock drafts where Jordan Poole is predicted to go in the second round and Iggy Brozdakis is not. Yes, I have heard this. And, uh, you know, I've been following the NBA mock drafts, not just for the Michigan guys. I'm an NBA fan, but uh, very interested that there's no Charles Matthews. Okay, I guess that makes sense after the injury. Uh, but I've not seen Iggy Brasdikas in one of them, and I've seen Poole in most of them. Um, I, I mean, you and I, I think, have been pretty clear on our thoughts on this about who's the better NBA prospect. Um, obviously, we're not NBA scouts, but we have watched a lot of Jordan Poole. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think that athleticism skews the grading of potential. Now, stay with me for a second. You look at the NBA Finals. There were a lot of good, smart basketball players, the Fred Van Vliet's of the world, the Norman Powell's that aren't crazy super athletic, but they understand space and they know how to attack. They know that they play fundamentally sound. And I think Iggy Brasdakis has that, and he has the tenacity to you know work through it, play hard, and do this. I saw Jordan Poole disappear in more games than any Michigan player in recent memory that had his like level of game. So I think his athleticism is skewing the grading of his potential, and that's what's putting him on boards. But if you want somebody that's going to play better basketball, it's Higgy Brasdakis. This isn't a question. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. And I stayed with you throughout that because it makes perfect sense to me. And I was going to say something similar is that I think teams are going to look at his tape and see a very select few plays of a guy with exceptional ball handling skills, which Jordan Poole has. He has great ball handling skills, but not consistently and not to the point where he could get his own shot. I mean, we were designing the offense to go through him at times. Like we were the guy in the in the tournament saying, look, it's got to be Jordan Poole's time. And he was just disappearing night after night. Um, and that was with us, like really trying to get him going. So I have concerns that he can do that long term, like what you see in those clips. Whereas like you watch Darius Garland and that dude can hit the balls on a rope and he does it consistently, gets his own shot. He can maneuver in and out of traffic. You see the change of direction, which you see with pool at times, but like you said, just not often enough. And, um, yeah, he could definitely hit. Like that's that's not impossible. Super athletic, has a bit of a stroke, like a, a shooting stroke. Uh, has not had a stroke physically, I don't think. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe he did during the uh, that Sweet Sixteen game, but 
Um, but that being said, like I, I just it's not been consistent. Whereas Iggy Braz was consistent every time, and I think he's a more immediate contributor. And with Pool, you're just taking a flyer and being like, well, maybe in five years this guy everything hits. And even then, I think he's like a Jordan Clarkson. That's what it feels like. I just it's really hard for me to see Pool just becoming this like NBA contributor. I know I know he can shoot well. But it's like, is he going to be upset over touches? Because everything that came out from his dad's side seemed that he was really upset in Beeline's system. And if you're going to be upset in John Beeline's system, you're not going to get along well in the NBA. Like, imagine if you're playing, like, with a superstar that's going to control the ball, like a LeBron James, like a James Harden, and they're going to be very ball-dominant at times, and then they're going to pass you the ball and expect you to make a shot. And if you miss it or if you go missing, it's like, enjoy the bench. you got to be ready when your number is called, especially when you're just trying to earn reps. And I don't see Poole doing that. Yes, I agree entirely. I mean, he's only going to get so many opportunities. Like, they're not going to give him a long leash. And, uh, I mean, if he starts, you know, improving in practice, and, and I mean, it's going to take time. It's going to take reps. And, honestly, like, going to a coach like John Beeline, I know he might hate that and his dad might hate that, but, like, that was the coach for him, a coach that's going to teach you fundamentals and how to be a basketball player. So, I mean, if he ends up in Cleveland, like in the second round or something, like that is a good fit for him, whether he likes it or not. Because, I mean, if he's going to a team like the Lakers or somebody like that, I mean, he's just going to have such a short leash. It's going to be a tough situation for him. But I'm hope I'm pulling Iggy Braz. I'm hoping that he gets he gets drafted because I really think he can be a contributor sooner, maybe in the two to three year time frame. I do as well. Um, speaking of the Lakers. Um, with, you know, LeBron tends to, you know, like playing with veterans, especially to surround himself and the other superstars. Are you worried at all that Mo Wagner could be on the trade block? Uh, yes, most definitely. He is on the trading block. If they can get something that will help them win now, they 100% will. They are not in the position right now to, to bulk at that. It is win now mode. You've got to maximize this window. Um, and maybe that it wouldn't be the worst thing for Mo Wagner. Maybe he doesn't need to be surrounded by all that. But at the same time, like playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like, man, is that going to create some space on the floor? And the kid can shoot. He can create his own shot. Like, if he can beef up a little bit and, you know, learn the fundamentals of, of playing in the NBA and adjust to the speed, like, that's a valuable guy to have. LeBron likes shooters, especially big shooters. He could be a great piece for them. He does, but he just hates the youth. Like, if he could flip Mo Wagner for, like, Rashard Lewis's corpse somewhere like he would do it in a heartbeat yeah Ray Allen somehow comes back for one more go yeah he they, they'd chop Mo Wagner in a heartbeat no doubt about it and that's fine I don't really like the Lakers we'll take him on the Pistons happily maybe the Cavs will deal with him too yeah back to Beeline that's what I'm saying I just want Beeline to just get all the Michigan guys together like sign Karis LeVert you know you're gonna have some cap space here sign him give him a near max Go get Mo Wagner, draft Iggy Braz. This, this, I'm fine with it. Bring it, it on. It would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me to see him turn Kevin Love into a top ten pick. I would do it. I would absolutely do it if you could to a team that's yep. in win win now mode. But you got to take on his contract. He got a pretty nice size one recently. So, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Beeline does if he reunites with any of those Michigan guys. I really hope so. It'd just be fun to watch, and I'm a bit of a Cavs fan. You know, being from Toledo, Ohio, you're in between Detroit and Cleveland, so I like them both. Kind of pull for both. Just you just hope for like you know, you know regional competency. It's all you want from your team. Regional competency, well stated, sir. Thank you. That's all we want. We just want you know exceptionalism from Michigan football. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, segue. 
Uh, there's been some Big Ten coaching rankings that have been coming out. There's been uh, two of them that I've seen, one from Athlon, one from CBS Sports, ranking the, the current Big Ten coaches um, as far as where things stand now. Obviously, there's been some shakeup with Urban Meyer leaving, so they've got some new number ones, but there is some disparity amongst the lists, and uh, I'm guessing some disparity amongst the, the fans as well. Uh, the Michigan fans, but I want to hear your take on this. I'm very interested to see how you like these rankings. Uh, do you want to go? Do you want to break them down? The Athlon and the CBS ones. Why don't we break down our rankings of the coaches back and forth, and we can start at 14 and work our way to one, sir. I like it. All right, hit me with 14. I think we'll both agree. Chris Ash, no hesitation. <laughs> it's Sorry. Chris Ash. I wrote his name as Chris Ass accidentally, and then I went to correct it, and I was like, nah. Like, it's low-hanging fruit of a joke, but it's still a tasty fruit. You think I'm not going to take that tasty-ass fruit, especially when it's got ass in there? You don't know me. Don't you put ass around me, sir. (laughs) Uh, 13. This this will be interesting. I have Lovey Smith, Illinois, for mine. I agree. I would go Lovey Lovey Smith. Um, Yeah, we can talk about the other rankings, but I would go Lovey Smith as the next worst. I mean, this guy went to the Super Bowl with the Bears, and, like, he's had, what, this is year four for him? And yeah. he hasn't made any discernible gains. Yeah, he's he's next. I feel like Lovey Smith is just kind of robotic. Like you gotta like sometimes on the sideline, it looks like they forgot to charge him. Like he's just standing there with a blank stare on his face. The perfect candidate. <laughs> exactly. Um, Twelve for me, Mike Loxley from Maryland. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to be ranked high when you're a first time head coach. Um, did great things at Alabama, but. Uh, so did what was that guy that came to save the Brady Hoke offense, whose name I've now forgotten? Was it Al Borges? Who no, was it? it was the one that came after him, uh, Doug Nussmeyer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, so yeah, we'll see with Mike Loxley, but he inherits a good situation. Um, Eleven. Once again, speaking to first year, it's only there because he's unproven. Um, this he could be number one by next year's Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, you got to put him at the ten or eleven range. Um, I'll go Tom Allen here. Um, I'll put Ryan Day a little bit above there just because I uh, watched and still have a hole in my heart from how much he shredded the Michigan D uh, against the coordinator that he coached with. So he gets some props for that from me, but yeah, he's he's right around there. See, my ten, my 10 is Tom Allen just because he always has Indiana ready to play Michigan so damn tough every year, it feels like. Well, he's only been there, he's only been there like two now. Yeah, and every year's been a damn dogfight. Now they have a freshman running back he's recruited that I feel like he's going to turn into a stud. It's They've been a dogfight even before Tom Allen, but yeah, I'm not going to split hairs over the rankings here. Yeah. Uh, number nine, go. Uh, number nine for me, I'll go P.J. Fleck. I think that makes sense. Honestly, like you might even put Tom Allen above a P.J. Fleck, but P.J. Fleck's starting to turn it around. I think this year you're going to see Minnesota be a much better team. Um, it may only be an eight-win team, but... I think it'll be a better team. I go nine. I go nine. Jeff Brom and I go eight. PJ Fleck. Yeah, I got Jeff Brom next, just because he beat Ohio State, so I got him ahead. He's got a bigger win on his resume, but they're pretty neck and neck there. I'm fine with that. Uh, seven. Now we're getting into like you know the upper echelon of the Big Ten. Like a lot of good programs up here. Seven for me though is James Franklin. I just Whoa. I think he's a better recruiter than he is a coach, and a lot of his success is contributed to his OC position. Um, who is his OC? It's now Mississippi State. His name's eluding me. Moorhead. Moorhead. Joe Moorhead. And I think uh, that kind of showed last season. 
and he's seven for me. I'm sorry. Wow. I rank James Franklin low, which is interesting because we'll get into where Athlon and CBS have him as well. Uh, the man ran the ball on fourth and five in, like, within the closing seconds of the game when Trace McSorley was just torching Ohio State. He ran it up the middle. It like, makes no sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've seen some dumbfounding moves, the attacking the fans. Like, yeah, I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit. I I mean, that's low, though. I got Scott Frost at seven, um, and he could jump big this year. Um, watch out for Nebraska in the coming years. Okay, six for me is Scott Frost. So, once again, I'm right in there with you. Okay, at six, I'm going to put – this is a tough one. I go back and forth here. Um, I'll go – I'll go Paul Christ. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think I'll go Paul Christ here. Um, I mean, given their schedule, given the offensive lines that they've had, given the running backs that they've had, I think that they've honestly kind of underwhelmed. I think that their win total is kind of like what Michigan's doing. Like, you're expected to get that win total. I, I haven't seen any sort of coaching mastery from Paul Christ. And him and Jim Harbaugh kind of have that same philosophy, offensive philosophy of, you know, steady ball control, you know, very acute play calling. I think that it's outdated. I think Paul Chris is going to be in for a wake-up call when he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor. I think uh, Paul Chris is one of the two best play callers in the Big Ten. He's a great play caller, but what has it gotten him? Where are their, big, where are their, their huge win under Paul Christ? Huh? Not to dig into it, but I have Paul, Paul like, spoiler ahead, just Paul Christ is my three. He's not in the top two, but he's my three. Um, so I have Franklin at seven, Scott Frost at six. Um, my number five, Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State. Interesting. See, that one, I'll, ba- I'll battle back on that one um, because he has had a playoff appearance. He's got, he's got more accolades than Jim Harbaugh. That's just the fact of the matter. Uh, he's on the decline, though. That's, yes, I think, that's my thing, right now. Yeah, right now, he it looks like he's on the decline. This is a big year for him. Um, they didn't make any changes, really, to their staff. They just shook it up. Um, and I could see them, if they have like another 6-7 win season, Like people, are, people in East Lansing might start to grumble a little bit. He's done a lot for them, though, and his accolades will put him higher for me. Um, he also has a sexual assault scandal right now. <laughs> I mean, when does that school not have some sort of assault around them? I mean, if we're talking about the character of the program and the man, then it's 14 every time. <laughs> we need to make another space lower than 14. But, That's fair. Yeah, but uh, okay, after that, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Kirk Ferentz for me. That's my four. Yeah, he's my five. Um, just a steady hand, doing quite a bit with Iowa's. Got some big wins, beat the brakes off Ohio State a couple years ago at Kinnick. Beat Michigan in you know what was maybe our best team that we've had under Harbaugh at Kinnick with an injured Wilton Spay. It was at Kinnick at night, but I mean his team show up for big games. He's got the big wins. You know he's taken them to the Rose Bowl, got obliterated, but um, puts guys in the NFL. I think Kirk Ferentz does a lot with a little. Yeah, um, comes from the lineage of Bill Belichick working those Browns teams with Saban. I mean he's been around and he knows his football. I think. I think his team should be better with all the talent they have in Iowa, all the talent he gets there. But like you said, though, steady hands the way to put it. Um, he was my four. He was your five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already know my four and three. So what are your four and three? Uh, are you keeping track of this, by the way? 
I'm, I have track of mine, not yours. You piece of shit. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I guess I can go back and listen to the pod. Um, all right, so I'm at four and three, and I just went Kirk Ferentz. I'm going to go James Franklin four, and that's just based off the fact that he has won a Rose Bowl. Uh, once again, the accolades, I, I give them some credence, but I think that he's a product, like you said, of recruiting. I think he's not a great coach. I think that uh, he'll get exposed at times, but I mean, he's still going to win quite a few games just on the recruiting that they're getting, but I don't buy James Franklin as a coach. Um, and my three will be Mark D'Antonio. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go Mark D'Antonio. We kind of already discussed him. I mean, you can put him higher, but the dude's on uh, on the decline, no doubt about it. So, so the same top two, and um, I was... I was, this is kind of a, like honestly like a coin flip for me because I'm a I'm a huge Pat Fitzgerald guy. I think what he does with the talent he gets in Northwestern, and um, fuck it, not to be a homer, Pat Fitzgerald won Jim Harbaugh too, just because of what he does with that little talent. And uh, it's easy to sit here and say Jim Harbaugh is the best coach in the Big Ten, but he hasn't it, he hasn't reached even touched his expectations. Yep. Hasn't won a Big Ten. He's fallen short. Paul Fitzgerald, I feel like, always like overachieves with what he does, gets the most out of his players, and I just love his personality and everything he does as a coach. We, sir, we didn't even compare notes. I love it when this happens. Uh, we are in agreement, sir, um, and we'll talk about where other where these other agencies have ranked Pat Fitzgerald, which is borderline criminal. You said it. I can't say it any better. The expectations at Northwestern are miles apart of what they are at Michigan. And with what he's done with what he had, like they wouldn't trade him for Nick fucking Saban in no. North at Northwestern. They wouldn't do it. And I mean, what he's built there and like now they're starting to get recognized a little more. Now they're going to get some recruits in. They play everyone like a dog. Um, just well coached. I mean, he's the best player that's ever played there, the best coach that's ever played there. And uh, like you said, the expectations are different at Michigan. You beat Ohio State this year, you win a Big Ten championship, sure, I'll move you up to number one, Jim Harbaugh. But until then, I got Pat Fitzgerald number one. Yeah, and um, this is one of the schools we always talk about. Michigan has like a hard academic standing and stuff to like overcome. Northwestern's in the same boat. It's hard as hell to get Northwestern. What I'm so these kids have to like meet all these academic standards, and yeah, Clayton Thorson sucked this last year. He didn't live up to what he should have, but he's got a five-star quarterback in town now that's transferred there. Watch so out. Northwestern makes me nervous. They should make you nervous. Them in Indiana, like they're not pushovers, and like on any given day, they can give anyone outside of Alabama and Clemson fits. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's crazy. We both had Fitz at number one. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I've been, I had it like one, two, Harbaugh and Fitzgerald. I didn't know which way I was going to go, but I mean, just hearing your points and hearing it out loud, it, it, it's clear to me that it's Fitzgerald. That's how I was. I was like on my list, I had Jim Harbaugh. One. I was like, I can't really put him there because this could be like the, this could be the end for him while Pat Fitzgerald basically has tenure at Northwestern. No, he's never leaving. He's going to be there like Bill Snyder, age 85. You know, he's going to have the colostomy bag out there coaching him to nine wins. Yeah, and in, in all fairness of his colostomy bag, Bill Snyder was still churning out like uh, BCS Bowl level teams in like 2013. So. That's what I'm saying. And the Good dude, on you. The dude fought at Iwo Jima. <laughs> and he's still winning games. He's still winning and, games. Well, they, so he retired. Was they started sucking? He's like, nah, fuck this. And came back, <laughs> rolled up in the wheelchair. Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm taking over. I've got this. But uh, so let's break down. Uh, Athlon Sports has it ranked this way: 14, Chris Ash; 13, Mike Loxley; 12, Lovey Smith; 
11, Tom Allen. Pretty similar here. Uh, there is some disparity here in these later ones between us, them as well, but I think we're all kind of in the same boat. Uh, they got 10, Ryan Day, 9, PJ Fleck, 8, Paul Christ, so they got them significantly lower than you do. Um, 7, Jeff Brom, 6, Pat Fitzgerald. 6. Insulting. Is insulting. 5, Kirk Ferentz, 4, Scott Frost. That's ridiculous. He's won four games at Nebraska. Three, James Franklin. Two, Mark D'Antonio. One, Jim Harbaugh. And look, we appreciate you throwing us a bone, but he's not. No, it's not. And the fact that we have James Franklin so high, I think there's going to be a significant significant decline coming up. And a lot of Penn State fans I've talked to don't like James Franklin either. He's just kind of an asshole. He is kind of an asshole. I mean, you add that to the fact that he's just had some like terrible coaching moments and I think Moorhead was a big reason there for, for this. Moorhead and Barkley and McSorley, yep. like that's quite a trio there. Like you can you can make it happen with that trio. So uh, CBS has it this way: um, Chris Chris Ash, Mike Loxley, Tom Allen, Lovey Smith, Ryan Day, PJ Fleck, Jeff Brom, Scott Frost at seven, which is a little more reasonable. Paul Chris at six. So once again, uh, well, what did you have Chris at? Three. Three. Yeah. So you view him a little more favorably than the rest of us. Uh, Ferentz at five, Fitzgerald at four, that's better. Harbaugh at three behind D'Antonio and Franklin at one. And that's CBS Sports, mind you. CBS Sports yeah. is like right up there with ESPN as far as being a major outlet. So, See, that's what I'm saying. Like With your rankings and you criticizing where I have Paul Christ, I'm fine. But a list that has James Franklin at number one or two or three, no, fuck that. Yeah. Paul Christ can be there. You can criticize me, my good friend. But not them. You can't have James Franklin number one and expect me to respect your list. Literally, it's just because they they happen to eke out that win against Ohio State. Ohio State, like, they're bound to get got by somebody. It's never going to be us because they'll never overlook that game. And, like, they happen to get through them, and then they happen to get a USC team. Or Is that who they beat in that? Oh, they yeah, didn't even... USC gets Sam Darnold through that stupid-ass interception yeah, late exactly. in the Rose Bowl. Like, I mean, and, and, it, and it happened, and you can't take that away from them. But, I mean, people are just acting like that's going to be the norm, and I don't see it. We beat the ass off of them, like, 42-14 to 14 or something. Like, no! Yeah, yeah, we've done that twice. But, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're breaking up down our next opponent in our opponent series. That is Rutgers, a.k.a. the second bye week. This should be a quick one, should be pushovers. Uh, and then we're getting into our 90s discussion. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 